following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. God's people weren't made for Egypt, and they weren't made for the desert. They were made for crossing the Jordan. They were made for this land of Canaan. They were made for this promised land. And before you get to a promised land, there's a Jordan River that has to be crossed. And when we look at Israel, there was an entire generation of people that came up to that river, looked at the river, sent spies to the other side to find out what was going on back there in that other land, said, no, it's not going to happen. Can't happen. We did the math. We figured it out. It's not going to happen. And the generation that were doubters never got in to the land of promise. The ones who doubted, the ones who did not believe, never got in on God's promises. If you move along in the story, fast forward, Joshua chapter 2, that last generation died in the desert, but the next generation, the next generation, they're different. And what's different about the next generation is they believe what God says, They believe, they don't sit there and do the math and go, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work out. They say, God, if you said it, we believe it, and we want to walk in it, God. So this next generation is a batch of people, a group of people that says, God, we believe what you said, we believe your promises, here we are, we're ready to go. Next generation is camped out right at the base of the Jordan River. So you had 400 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert. The last group of Israelites come to the Jordan. They doubted and they died there. But the next generation, they believe God. They believe his promises and says, we're ready to cross over God. And this is a beautiful setup. God told them, listen, if you want to cross over this Jordan, obey my word. My word is gold. Obey my word. He says, don't depart from it. If you don't depart from my word, God says you're going to get in on some great things. So we we realized last week we can't separate the promises of God from the word of God. And when some people start, you know, naming and claiming and hoping and running with promises, but they're not checking their word, it gets a little reckless and sloppy. And God's, God's telling us, look, don't separate my word from my promises. I got a land of promise. I want you to succeed. And so that you will be successful in all that you do, don't let the word of God depart from you. That's what God said to his people. Really, really important. And then in Joshua chapter three, where we're gonna pick up this little recap, he said, now listen, God's saying, I'm gonna do my part, but you have to do your part. And haven't you ever been to these points in your life where you're wondering, God, is this my part or is this your part? You know what I'm saying? You, you get to a, a, a crossroad or you get to a problem or a challenge and you're like, God, is this... Is this supposed to be me taking the steps or am I supposed to wait and are you supposed to take a step? Anybody have that issue, that, you know, that struggle? That's the point. Israel's at this point and they're like, God, do we go first? Do you go first? How does this work out? How do we leave the desert into your promises? Who goes first and what does it look like? God told them last week, I'm about to do a new thing but here's your part. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. And let's break this down. We'll look at these, uh, 
this in sections, but Joshua chapter three. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things. Again, God's saying, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to fulfill promises in this promised land. But you have to do your part. I have to do my part. There's some things that we have to own and there's other things God will do. And in this first part, it's this term, consecrate yourself because tomorrow I'm going to do great things. But today, consecrate yourself. And that means really set yourself apart, be set apart. I mean, this world offers a whole uh, litany of things that they throw your way. And we can either partner with these things or be set apart from things. And some things are simply not good for you. They're not good for your heart. They're not good for your soul. And God's saying, look, you're my people. You're the called out ones. That's what the church is. The church is the ecclesia in Spanish, iglesia. But ecclesia is the called out ones. You're my people. You're the called out ones. And as the called out ones, be set apart. That's your part. God's saying, if you will set yourself apart tomorrow, I will do great things. And I love why he says this. He says, because you've never been this way before. In other words, there's a direction, there's a destiny, there's a place. Don't think you know. Don't think you have the experience. Don't think you can figure it out. God's saying, where I'm going to take you, you've never been. You've never been where I want to take you. And I don't know about you, but I want to go places I've never been. I want to see things I've never seen. And God is saying, I will show you these things. I will take you there. But you've never been where I'm going to take you. And this promised land was a place they'd never been. It says in verse 2, when you see the ark, this is really cool. When you see the ark, the ark of the covenant was what they carried. And it had the Ten Commandments in there. And it represented the very presence of God. God said, I will, be my, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will make my dwelling among you. In other words, I'm gonna live with you, Israel. I am gonna be with you. I'm, I'm gonna be in your camp. I'm gonna be camped out with you guys everywhere you go. Israel's like, this is great. And the symbolism is through the ark, the ark of the covenant. And, and the passage says, when you see the ark, get up and move. You are to get up and move out from your positions. When I think about that, I wonder how many times we don't want to change our position. We like our position. We like our comfort zones. We're good where we're at. We don't want to move. And God's like, listen, the ark is my presence. And when it's time for my presence to move, will you get up from your positions and follow in my presence? There's something big here, guys. This is a key theme in life, I believe. Following the presence, the leading of the Holy Spirit is such an enormous factor for your success as a believer. You guys realize that? Following the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, 
It was a visible ark for them that they picked up and carried, and the people got up from their positions and followed the ark. But we're talking about the invisible spirit of the living God who leads and guides believers. This is, this is what is symbolic of us. Rather than picking up the ark and walking after a literal, tangible, visible ark, you and I are to get up and follow, get up from our positions and follow the presence, the spirit of God. This is what he's saying. If you follow my spirit, you'll know which way to go because you've never been this way before. Very cool. And then this next passage is great. This is the crossing over. All those years and all, then that preparation and then having the faith to believe that God can do something great, yet it's time to cross over and no one's done that before. And this word cross over, when you're talking about cross, it comes up 22 times in chapter three and four right here. 22 times crossing, 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 crossing. God's saying, listen, there's some things in life that you gotta cross over. If you're gonna walk in my promises, if you wanna get in in some of the things that God has for you and I, and for us corporately as a church, there's some crossing over that needs to be done. And God's looking for crossover kind of people. We got any in the house this morning? Cross, people willing to say, the last generation maybe didn't believe. And as a result, they died in the desert. We believe, we want to cross over, we want to get in on whatever you have for our lives and for the city, and to be those crossover kind of people. And the passage goes on in verse 6, and it says, Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gerashites, the Amorites, the Termites, Jebusites, checking. Um, So you will know the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord of the Lord of the, Lord of the earth set foot in the Jordan, Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Something really cool here. God is saying, so that you will know. This is how you will know that the living God, the living God is among you. God is saying, I want you to know and I want others to know that the living God is among you. There are many names for God. Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai. There's great names for God throughout the Bible. One of the ones I love most is the living God. Because there's too many folks that think there might be some creator out there who's not involved in the daily affairs of his people. And that is so far removed from the truth God is the living God. He is so alive. You got to let him be alive, but you also got to know how to experience life in the living God. And God is saying, I'm the living God, and this is how you're going to know that the living God is among you. You have people in your life, and God wants them to know that the living God is the living God. 
And God wants to be the living God and he wants to use you to be on display for people that they will know the living God is among them in a real and a powerful and a tangible way. And he starts out saying, okay, here's how you're going to cross the Jordan. He tells the priest, we're going to let the ark go first. We're going to let the presence of God go before we go. And there's something symbolic that we need to hold on to too. Are we getting ahead of God? Is God getting ahead of us? What's going on? He's saying, you're going to cross this Jordan? You need the presence to go first. You need God's presence to go before you. You guys getting that? When the presence of God goes first, oh, it's going to be beautiful. Have you ever found yourself getting ahead of the presence of God on anything in life? Anybody? Come on, a little honesty in God's house this morning. Amen. It's not good. It can be painful. It can be tiring. It can get a little ugly when we get ahead of God's presence. But when God's presence goes before us, it's absolutely beautiful. And he's saying, let the ark go first. That's God's presence. The priests are going to carry it. Check this out. They're going to put their feet in the water. And then, after they put their feet in the water, then God's going to do something. And how many times do we think, God needs to do something before I go putting my feet in the water, right? No, God, you got to do something here. I'm going to sit here and wait. I'm praying, I'm asking, and I'm going to wait until you do something here. God's like, no, it's not the way it's going to happen. To enter into God's promises, to walk in his promises, to walk in the inheritance, what he had for his people, it was a matter of them taking their sandals off, the presence of the Lord going before them, but they put their feet in the water, and then, and then, God's going to stop the flow. I love the order of that, because oftentimes we think God needs to stop the flow before we put our feet anywhere. And God's saying, that's not what faith is. See, faith takes off sandals and puts feet in the water, even when the water is at flood stage. Do you see what's going on in the picture here? It's at flood stage. Flood stage is like going up to the Kern River where it's just ripping and you're, you're thinking, I'm going to go step in that mud right now? Well, what's going to happen if I step in that with the ark? What's going to happen to me? It's like, don't worry about that. Put your feet in the water and then, and then I'm going to stop the water. I love that because people don't often think of it that way, but that's what faith is by definition. Faith by definition takes steps that don't seem very calculated all the time. It's not all figured out. It's not like there's this great master plan where it's like, oh, it's so obvious. We're going to do A, B, C, D, E. It's all going to make sense. It's been said that if you can explain it, it's probably not God. I believe that's the case. When Peter got out of the boat to also walk on water, he didn't say, God, prove it. Turn this water into something else. He said, if that's you, if that's the presence of God, I'm walking towards it, no matter what this looks like. And he gets out, and he starts walking on water. And these priests with the ark say, God, if that's your presence, if that's where you want us to go, bring in your presence, and you're leading us, we believe what you say, and we're putting our feet in the water. Guys, by definition, I don't know what area in your life God might be stirring you this morning to start putting your feet in the water, but I'm telling you, the miraculous happens in that order, your feet by faith, taking steps that God rewards. How many of you know God rewards faith? God is a rewarder of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God's a rewarder of faith. Really important. A lot of us in life, we say, prove it and then I'll believe. 
But God's saying, believe, and then I'm going to prove it. And that's exactly what he did with Israel right here. They did that. In fact, um, many years ago, this lovely lady in the front row who came up and did announcements, my bride, we were dating um, and serving God um, some 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And I was really praying, Lord, is this... It's Christy, my wife. She's beautiful. She's really smart. She's funny. Is she my wife? I, I, got, I got to have confirmation from you. I got to have proof, God, because we're going to go down this road, but I can't propose unless I get some proof here. You know, I need some substance, God. And so I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm seeking God and I'm, I'm looking for some clear definition. I'm looking for a master plan. I'm looking for a download from heaven. And God doesn't give me one, but he put this gentleman in my life who was uh, at a family life conference. He was an older gentleman who was a pastor for many years, and he was like an elder among elders when it comes to Christian relationships. This guy was a veteran, veterano when it comes to this, and I, I had this moment to talk to him. I said, yeah, let me ask you this question. I'm here with my girlfriend. We love the Lord. We're walking right before God in our relationship, and we're both serving in ministry and just praying for answer, for praying for clarity, trying to get kind of some kind of proof from God. I need some confirmation here. And he looked right at me, and I know God put this guy in my life to prophesy to me, to read my mail. You know what I mean? God's good that way. He disciplines those he loves. And he said, son, <laughs> you know right away something's going the hammer's going to drop. Son. Yeah, he said, do you know that anything that's not done in faith is sin? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know that. He's like, do you realize that a wife is a gift from the Lord? Do you realize that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, if Christy is the gift that the Lord has given you, will you accept her? I'm like, uh, Yeah. And it was God's way of taking that medicine ball. What's my part and what's your part, God? You know how we do this? God, what's your part? What's my part? It's God taking the medicine ball and saying, this is your part, son. Don't put it on me. Does that make sense? There's some parts that are God's and some parts that are ours. To walk in God's promises, we have to consecrate ourselves. God's not doing that for you and I. We have to own that part. There's other times his presence has to go before us. That's God's part. There's other parts that our step of faith has to go first first before God can reward. I will tell you, that's all I needed when I spoke to that gentleman. I knew the second I walked out of that room, the first thing I do is going rock shopping and looking for, I knew right away because it was all back on me. It's my faith. It wasn't God give me proof, give me definition. Give, it, for me, it wasn't that way. It's God rewarding faith. And God gave truckloads of confirmation. In fact, we got five little confirmations running around the house now to to prove it. (laughs) But all I have to say is God rewards faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. With faith, everything is possible with God. And so it's just really, really important. So if you're a note taker this morning, a couple things to to take note of is um, when we think about who goes first, does God go first? Do I go first in these areas of life when I'm going to cross the Jordan? I mean, what's the order? How does this thing work out? Uh, when it comes to who goes first, our faith goes before God's proof. Our faith goes before God's proof. If you have an area in your life, a Jordan experience where you're, you want to cross, but you don't know, and you're not really sure, you know, don't keep waiting for proof. 
Waiting for proof isn't going to get you there. The way you walk in God's promises, the way you walk in inheritance, the way you walk in the victory as it's laid out for Israel here as a case study is you take steps of faith and they put their feet in the water even though the water didn't look great. And that's what God rewards. It moves on to say the next morning, Joshua walks over. Well, basically, he walks over to the priest and says, hey, here's the way it's going to go down. You want to know how all these people are going to get across this flood stage river? They're like, yeah, what's, what's the master plan? What has God got for us? Just go put your feet in the water. Hmm? <laughs> That's it. I know it's a river. I know it's a flood stage. There is no master plan, guys. There is no brilliant plan. Just put your feet in the water. And I'm sure the priests were freaking out at that point because you're carrying this big old heavy ark. You're going to go step in the mud when the river's at flood stage. And they're thinking, that's all you got for us, Joshua? You don't have anything better than that? Nope. Just go put your feet in the muddy water and watch what God does from there. It's really, really cool. Um, Then it goes on in verse 14 and says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on the Jordan. So so the setup is the people, they break camp, they break camp, and they go to follow the ark. That's God's presence. And the priests go first by faith, putting their feet in the water. And the way this says it happened, if you look at the way this is broken down in the Hebrew, it's an interesting rendering in scripture, but it's saying that when they put their feet in, in the water, that is when God stopped the flow 20 miles or so upstream. Now think about this. When they put their foot in the water, it doesn't mean the second they touched the water, everything came to a screeching halt and it turned dry. Because sometimes when you and I take a step of faith, we would like it to be that way. Take a step and bam, presto. It's not what happened here. They put their foot in the water and when they did, they stayed there. And they waited, and they waited. But even though they didn't see something right away, the second they put their foot in the water, it stopped flowing 20 miles upstream. Is that cool? And so as there's, I'm sure the people are like, what's going on? And as the priests are standing in faith, believing God at what he says, taking a step of faith and getting in the water with the presence of God, the water stops flowing 20 miles upstream, and the people notice it's getting lower. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. As they're standing in faith, it's getting lower. And it's getting lower. And then pretty soon, there's no more water. And the sun is scorching. We've been out there to Jericho. It's like being out at the, you know, the Death Valley or something. And pretty soon, the ground is just drying up. And then the priests go stand out in the middle. And all of Israel crosses. And this is a glorious, glorious sight. Because the Israelites weren't made for Egypt and they weren't made for the desert. They were made for this promised land. 
And the only thing keeping them from the promised land was the Jordan River. And it was their condition of faith as to whether they're going to believe God and cross over or like their parents' generation, unfortunately, they did not believe and they stayed outside and they died in the desert. And this, this is a snapshot of, of our lives and how we, Israel modeled something for us, guys. They modeled for us, and in fact, it's our second step this morning, who goes first, us or God? It's when we follow God's presence. We let God go first and we follow his presence. But when we follow the presence of God, everything is sweet, everything is glorious. God's presence goes before our brilliance. It goes before our master plan. God's presence goes before our agenda. A lot of times we want to crack the code in life. We need to figure out how we're going to navigate stuff. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get it done? We try to figure these things out. That's all well intended. But let me tell you something. God's presence is way greater than that, way bigger than that. And we can't limit our future based on our brilliance or our limitations and our capacities. It's got to be based on the presence of God. Because the presence of God gets a guy like Peter standing on water with Jesus. The presence of God gets Israel mobilized to leave their camp and to begin to cross over into God's presences. presence. The thing about this promised land, guys, God promised them this land. You have to realize in your life as a believer... There are things, there is inherent, there's things that God has. We go over this all the time. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're not to harm you. They're to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. This is not name it and claim it kind of faith. This is victory faith. This is the kind of faith where you be successful in all that you're designed to do. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That kind of faith. And there are so many believers who have been delivered from the bondage of Egypt, but have never crossed over into God's promises. Why? Because they don't get this kind of stuff. You weren't made for Egypt. You weren't made for the desert. You were made for the other side. Whoa. You were made for the other side. And so until we understand that, God, what's your part? What's my part? Okay, I'm going to consecrate myself because you're not going to do that for me. You want me to start being set apart. You want me to say, there's things in, in my life, why is the road that leads to destruction? There's things that just got to go away because they're just not good for me and there's no future in these things. I'm going to start being set apart. I'm going to own that. But God, I'm following your presence. And if I follow your presence and I do my part, I know you're going to do your part. And when I take, take steps of faith, following your presence and Put feet out there, God. Even though I don't see it right now, faith waits by definition. I believe if I put my feet in faith in the direction you're calling me to do, I might not see it turn dry right now, but I trust you're doing something. The very moment that I'm taking these steps, God, you're in fact doing something. It might be 20 miles upstream. It might be two months away. You know, when Victor and Beth were praying for their baby girl and we all had this opportunity to pray for them, we believed that it was happening right then and there but we didn't know and see it until they finally drive home with a little baby seat in the back of the car. It's cool. You go to the hospital with two drivers. You come back with a third passenger in the back. It's a wild experience. But we knew by faith that this is going to be a fulfillment even though we don't see it. And that is the case in our lives, guys. That when we take our foot and we're willing to get our feet wet because faith by definition gets its feet wet. And we're willing to get our feet wet God starts doing things upstream already 
while we're taking the steps following his presence. Does this make sense? And this is the journey in which we possess the land. This is the way in, in which it goes. In fact, on that note, I want to close on a few notes, but if our worship team could come up, we're going to close out in worship. And I, and I want to encourage, we're going to have prayer opportunities. I know many of you in this room have an area where you have a Jordan River situation, where there's, and these come up all the time, where you can go left or you can go right. Do I go this way or do I, I don't really know. Where is God's presence in this? And is it God's move or is it my move? And, and, and what's my part? Or maybe I've been praying and things haven't been happening. Is it, is it the consecration part for me or is it God? You know, and you struggle with this stuff. I, w- I want to encourage you to come up and, and receive prayer because God is doing some radical things through prayer. And I'd encourage you to get in on everything he has for you. Um, he is saying to Israel, like he's saying to us, where I'm taking you, you've never been before. So we don't have anything to compare it to. But do know that God wants to take you places you've never been before. I'm not talking just geographically. He wants to show you things and experiences of his kingdom, the kingdom of God, with the living God among his people in ways and areas we haven't seen before. Where when you're talking to people, God using you. When you're praying for people, God using you. When you're praying for others, things changing around you atmosphere shifting spiritually in people's lives. Why? Because we believe in the living God and what he's doing among us. That's why. God is saying, I am the living God and he wants to make himself known. And this is really important to get this stuff down. He's like, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? If you and I want to start perceiving what God's doing, if you and I want to start walking in these promises, it's, go- it's time for our faith to get a little more dangerous. Faith, by definition, is not safe. Let me say that again. Faith is not safe. Christians are very well known for being safe and secure. And I believe God is calling us to a level of recklessness, not in a bad way, in a passionately good way, that is going to be profound. But listen, guys, it's not time to be safe anymore. It's time to get a little reckless for the glory of God. It's time to get a little, bit, a little bit more hostile, not against people, but against our own ways of safe. And so it's time to start getting our feet wet and, and start taking off our sandals and say, I don't have it all figured out. It doesn't make sense, but I believe God's promises. I'm setting myself apart, and God, I'm following your presence. Here goes. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. But there's all kinds of life on the other side of it. And we weren't made to exist, we were made to live. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and you might have it to the fullest and the only way you and I are gonna have it to the fullest is with some dangerous faith. Not sitting, being safe and secure and just praying in a corner and not taking our feet off or stepping out into the water. Not, there's no future in that. But when we say, God, you say it, I believe it. I believe you want me to be successful and I'm not gonna depart from your word. I want to get my heart right and be set apart. And here goes, God. I want to follow your presence. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's Romans says. We are children of God if we are led by the Spirit. Some know about God, but they're not familiar with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Make it your lifelong journey to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's so much life in the leading of the Holy Spirit.
We're a church of the Word and the Spirit. We don't depart from the Word and we follow the Spirit of God. That's the beautiful place for a ministry to be. I just want to encourage you guys, be a little more dangerous in your faith. Watch what God is going to do. There's a crossing over the journey, a crossing over the Jordan, and there's a whole other life on the other side. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.